Welcome back to the Maxwell High School podcast. This podcast, we're going to go back in time a little bit further than we have in the past. Uh, we've got a teacher and some students with us, some new 12 students. And um, I really wanted to talk to these guys about, um, I guess, current events. But really, I also wanted to talk about the fires. Um, about six months ago, I guess, our valley was on fire. And uh, there's a lot of things taking place. And, uh, and so I just wanted to talk to these fellas because they had a role in that. I'm going to start with Luke. How are you, Luke? Yeah, good, thanks. And I've got Ethan with me. Hello. And I've got Jamo. Hey, how you going? Yeah, I'm very well. There's going to be a bit of juggling going on here because we've got four people in the room but only three microphones. So you'll have to bear with us, listeners, while we talk to these fellas. Um, first thing, I'm going to start with Luke. What's your role here at the school, Luke? Um, so I'm a science teacher as well as the year 12 year advisor. Um, do you want more roles? <laughs> no, no, I think that'll, that'll do because your, your list of roles could go on forever and ever. Yeah. Um, so when, when the valley was on fire, and I'm going to use that term because essentially we were on fire, uh, what, what were you doing and what was some of your concerns? Um, Probably the number one concern was my house burning down. Yeah. Because I hadn't cleaned the gutters out for <laughs> about six months. So very worried about ember attacks and that sort of thing. And you live in quite a forested area. Yeah. So And we've got trees within sort of 20 metres of the house. So, mm. And there was a real concern at some point that the fire might reach where, where you lived. Yeah. So because we're down at Ewan Guy... Um, we sort of had the fire going across the back from Kempsey as well as from mm. out at Taylor's Arm and where they met up. I was a bit sort of worried that they might a bit edgy become a super fire yeah. in there. So there was some, there was a lot of concern about yeah. that sort of thing. Um, did you find it a stressful time, or because you're pretty? Look, to be fair, you are a pretty laid back person. Yeah. Not much seems to get under your skin. Um, how did you find that experience? Um, because, like, when I was a young fella, I grew up out um, on the northwest slopes, so we used to have a few fires um, every now and then that I've helped fight and put out, mainly just grass fires. Mm. Um, so I wasn't terribly concerned, but it's just sort of one of those things that's always in the back of your head while it's happening. Yep. Yeah, so it's sort of just... And we've got 220 acres of forestry plantation right, right next door to us 50 meters from the house so if it got into there i'm sure i would have been a lot more light-footed <laughs> we might be having a different conversation yeah so none of your property was in at the end of it none of your property was damaged no nah. okay so what about you guys um ethan were you affected by the fires at all um personally i wasn't like where i lived we were on the coast um much further away from a fire, well, not much further, but far enough away, so we wouldn't get in any trouble. But the smoke and all that was definitely still impacting everybody who lived yeah, yeah. anywhere near here. So def- that was like the bit that most impacted me was the smoke and just breathing and coming to school in the morning and it looks like it's night <laughs> from the smoke. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, Jamo, what about you? How did you? How did you find? Because I I know where you live, and I got to say, if fire had have got into the forest. Yeah, well, being at Scott's Head, we're, we're pretty far away, but still if um, those embers got into that Yarrahapne forest, we would have been <laughs> probably up up in flames then. Yeah. So um, we, we evacuated our house and had all the sprinklers going on the roof and that, but um, luckily we were safe. Did you find it anxious? Like, were you personally anxious about that? I was personally 
pretty pretty afraid because it's a house I've grown up in. Yeah, yeah. And there was a lot of memories to go if that place was to go, but nah, I, I think we we're pretty safe. I think people uh, east of the highway um, like dodged a bullet in a lot of ways. I think we were pretty lucky. Everybody who lived east of the highway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think that was a good thing. Okay, so um, moving forward from the fires, and we're going so okay. Uh, the fires basically be under control and have kind of moved out of our area and set the rest of New South Wales ablaze as it was. Um, you know, what happened then, um, Luke, you, there was, uh, you got involved with things that were going on locally in terms of clean-up. So can you tell us yeah. a bit about what happened there? So basically I had this idea that what can we actually give back because like we've had kids at the school whose houses were burnt down yep. in the fires and a lot of local farmers help us out with our ag program and all of that sort of thing um so just wanted to work out a way to give something back to any people in the farming community because they'd lost livestock they'd lost fences mm. some had lost houses water tanks um the list can go on but well, um, it's de devastating machinery. devastating yeah. in, in, so in the areas where the fire was it, you know there's not much left. Yeah, and because of where I grew up, I've done a fair bit of fencing, like going out on 40-degree days and putting up a kilometre and all of that sort of thing. So I said to um, Terry, the ag teacher, why don't we get a crew together and we'll um, go out and help at least do a couple of boundaries for some yep. blokes. And from there, Terry sort of ran with it a bit and got in contact with BlazeAid how we could actually help them and sort of fall under their banner but okay. still keep it as a school excursion and that sort of thing just to go out. We ended up helping um, a local farmer get about two kilometres, boys, of his boundary fence done. Yeah, it would have been a strong two kilometres. Yeah. Just to help him yeah, have at least one paddock where he could keep his stock in while he fenced the rest of his yeah. block. I'm going to ask the boys how they found that because I know, Luke, like, you know, you've got a bit more experience under your mm. belt. But, um, Gemma, have you ever seen, when you first went out to where where you were going to do your fencing, um, what did you see and how did it make you feel? I was I was gutted for the farmer, to be honest, because his, his property, the places around him were absolutely demolished by the fire. All his, li his livestock probably wasn't doing too well either or his um, machinery, so he didn't have anything to quickly um, repair his mm. stuff that's been lost. So, yeah, that was pretty confronting that um, we had to get in there and do it all pretty quick so we could get it all up and running again, but yeah, it was good. Ethan, what about you? Like, when you went out there, like, what was the first thoughts that you kind of had? Well... Before then, like before actually going out to fix the fences, I hadn't really gone out there to have a look at what happened. And like on the bus trip out, it was pretty pretty confronting, just driving along the road and then looking left and right, seeing a burnt down house. And then the next house along is burnt, or it's like sheds burnt and the house might have just survived and you see tractors and all that stuff mm. is burnt, which is pretty confronting. I know that you guys brought back some photos from where you were working and there were literally piles of molten um, aluminium from from equipment and things like that. Yeah, I remember one place we like, where we went, it was a big hill, and you had 
fun with storing his stuff mm. on top of the hill, and there was a trail of aluminium metal or some sort of metal falling from the top of the hill down to the bottom, which is pretty shows how much heat is actually in the fire. So it was all it was it was everything was black. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So when you got out there, was what was the temperature like? What were the days like? Hot. Hot. Yeah, because you were at the back of Bowerville, is that right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Okay, so, um, and and where where were you fencing? So, can you tell us a little bit about? Okay, was it a bit of flat ground or? Um, it was undulating terrain. Like the first day we worked, it was on big hills, up and down, like pretty steep hills. But then a couple of days after that, we went down to one of the front paddocks and just worked on. Pretty flat land there, but definitely the first couple of days were harder. So what, what what was the thing that you had to do first? So you, you arrive on site, um, and what was the first thing that you, you kind of had to do? Um, well, the first thing I did with, um, like, everybody, everyone did this, was mm. just cutting down the old, like, barbed wire yep. and pulling out the, like, burnt fence posts because there's no way you could use them anymore and pretty much just spent a whole day collecting all, like, the old wire and burnout fence posts and whatever <laughs> and just taking that back so it doesn't get left around, like, the farmer's property. Yeah, uh, you, you, you couldn't leave piles of wire around, I'd imagine, because that would be a potential danger to stock yep. and things like that. So after, you'd, after, you've, um, after you've packed everything up, you've pulled all everything down, Jamo, um, what, did, um, what did Luke have you doing? So then we were by hand digging holes for the fence posts. By hand? Yeah. No so tractors. Cr- so the strainer, harsh, post, the strainer posts were done by hand, like two people, a crowbar and a <laughs> shovel. It's old school. Yeah. And then we had to we had um to run the star pickets in between them. Mm-hmm. And they were a bit easier, but then running the wire and all that without the tractors yep. still gets to you on a hot day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would have. Um you you went home at the end of each day black. Oh, absolutely exhausted and dirty as yeah. Yeah, because yep. that's what that's what ash is all about, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how did you get your skills for fencing? Because I know you boys, both of you, are, um, do a subject do primary industries. Is yeah, so we do uh, agriculture, and yeah. um, we had to do uh, a certain amount of hours to finish our course yep. in agriculture. And we have to do fencing, farm work, all, all kinds of stuff. And okay. fencing was perfect to be doing yeah. like while you're out there and get a few hours up. So did you enjoy it? I, I personally enjoyed it because at the end of the day, when you see the farmer and the big smile on his face after what we've accomplished, that's, that's top notch, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Ethan? How did, did, you, did you actually enjoy the work? Um. Yeah, to be honest, it was I did enjoy it. It was fun getting out there and just like seeing like the reward after all these hard hours of working because it was seriously hot and hard work, covered in like soot and stuff like that. But the, all the like locals would just make you f- like want to keep going out there because lunch lunchtime and recess time would just bring us a massive feed and just <laughs> keep on encouraging <laughs> us to like come back out there. And at the last couple of days, almost just. Coming out there for the feed at the end of the day, <laughs> which is great. Oh, good on you. That's bad motivation. <laughs> uh, yeah, so look, I, I think um, 
you, you know, there's an old saying that hard work is its own reward, and sometimes to see uh, see the outcome of your efforts can, as you say, it can be quite rewarding. And then when you're helping other people, um, to see their reaction. So, so Luke, um, obviously these are just two of the students you had out there. How big was the crew? Um, so each day we tried to take about eight and sort of rotated between about 16 kids. So they all had to be doing that primary industries course. So yeah. that mean you, meant you're 10 or older, um, just for work health and safety reasons. Obviously yeah. you're going into a bushfire zone and um, Blaze Aid's got their own set of rules and uh, as a school we've got our own set of rules. So it was... Um, yeah, so we rotated through about 16 and we found that eight was about the right number to take out. And it was really good, like you'd get them in two groups of four and then they'd just have a section of fence which was their section and even just seeing the sense of accomplishment mm. on the kids' faces um, at the end of the day that they'd built their section. Some days, some days we had a real good day and they'd built two sections each. It was really just... That was the most rewarding thing for me, yeah. as well as seeing the farmer with his um, finished product and just absolutely cheering after having a good yeah. day out with the young fellas. And like you could see that just being around the young people gave him a sense of, right, let's just get stuck into it rather than wallowing around in all of the loss. Yeah, it'd be, it'd, it'd be easy to get quite depressed and, and downhearted um, in, that, in that setting, so... I guess that's good as well. So, um, you know, just just to give to get a bit of an idea, uh, you know, so collectively the the students build a couple of kilometres of fence, yep. or thereabouts. Um, how how what sort of time would could that take an individual to build? Um, if if Daryl had left it and just tried to do it all himself, it would have probably taken him two or three weeks. Right, and we did it in about. What did we go out, boys? Four days, five days? Yeah, probably five days. We smashed it over in. Yeah, so it was just one of those short and sharp is always best, especially when the temperatures are getting up around 38, 40 yeah. degrees and it, the humidity is ridiculous. Hot, hot at the end of that. Yeah. yeah. So, so what was the quality of the product like? You're, you're, you are are off a farm, so you yeah. know what a, f- a good fence looks like. Um, I'd, get, I'd get them out to my place. You would? Yeah, as long as they work for free like they were. <laughs> I'd feed them. Okay, boys, would you work for free? Oh, well, if his if his property was uh, gutted by fire and he <laughs> needed a hand, I'd get out there. Ethan, would you would you work for a good feed? Oh, it depends. It depends on the quality of the feed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to put a picture on uh, on, on Ethan, but let's just suffice to say he's a big unit. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Um, so I, I think um, it's fantastic that the that the school, I guess, in some ways can give back to its community and it's great to see you guys out there. And, and, and you know, like we, we're really quick to throw around the term uh, heroes and heroic, but, you know, I think to get out there and help uh, other people who are in need is, is kind of heroic in, its, in, its, in of itself. So, um, you know, not just you guys, but obviously the rest of the crew that are out there helping are just a sample of it. And um, so I think it's fantastic and it's it's important, I think, that we remember uh, those times where the Valley kind of got together and pulled, our community got together and pulled together to get an outcome that was helping people. So well done. 
Uh, I want to move on from that and, and I guess the next thing is to maybe just talk about the current times. And so, um, you know, we've got the, the COVID-19 thing comes along next and helps us forget about the fires, which maybe is a bit disappointing. Um, but you guys are in year 12 and, and I, so I'm a bit curious to find out how you found the lockdown. And i start with Ethan. Did you change into working from home smoothly and were you able to get a lot of work done? Um, I definitely don't think I was doing as much work at home from school. It was just, I'm not sure, it was probably just me, but I get distracted really easily. <laughs> so definitely just you. With, with all the distractions at home, trying to stay on top and focused on schoolwork was definitely harder for me. Yep, okay, it's fair enough. I, I, and that's, that's a conclusion that other people have come to. What about you, Jamie? How, how did you go? Yeah, I found it pretty hard to keep motivated at home too because it's not like you're just walking into the classroom and you yep. kind of got to like be ready to learn for 45 yeah, yeah. minutes. But um, no, I definitely found it hard to keep motivated, but I did a little bit of work and smashed over what I could. And yeah. So did you like the flexibility or and, and, you know, what were you doing when you weren't doing work? Yeah, the flexibility was good because when I wasn't doing work, I was out doing the stuff I love doing, spearfishing, diving and... um doing a bit of uh, surfing yeah. and uh, getting away, doing a bit of camping, which you shouldn't have been doing, <laughs> but just do to that. the, lo- don't, don't the local little that. spots. <laughs> yeah, come on, cut that out later. Um, what about you, Ethan? Did you get up to much other than your work? When you Did you like the flexibility? Obviously, if you didn't do much work, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. You like the flexibility, but probably for the, probably for the wrong reasons. <laughs> because well, that's very honest. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I was just doing just casual stuff. If I wasn't working, just mm. going to the beach, maybe having a flick. Doing some basketball as well. Yeah, playing playing a bit of basketball and stuff like that. But mm, okay. not enough work, probably. <laughs> not enough work. Uh, what about you, Luke? How did you find it? Because you're obviously uh, the other end there teaching. We've had a few teachers talk about it. What What did you find? It had a, its good points and its bad points. You sort of had the flexibility to sort of main manage how your day went, mm. um, and sort of if you wanted to work through your regular morning tea time you'd work through, but then you might have a bit longer lunch to make up for that. So you could sort of make your day a bit more flexible. And like I work really well in the morning, mm. so I'd sort of get up and start work at 7 o'clock. Yep. And then I'd knock over my sort of list by 2.30, 3 o'clock. That's kind of what I was doing as well, I was yeah, starting early. And gave me my afternoons then. And not having that travel time between home and work it sort of gave me that bit of time in the afternoon to actually get a few jobs done that I wanted to do as well. But yeah. the hardest bit was probably not being able to see the kids and what sort of mm. light bulb moments they were having and or yeah. whether they were actually just sitting at home stressed, confused. What are we supposed to be doing on this online thing? Um, yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit difficult, but you sort of got used to it towards the end, and then you straight back into classroom so it was a bit of a i don't know it's been one of those stressful times but i don't know i don't get that stressed most of the time so yeah it wasn't terrible wasn't terrible okay jamo um what did you like about coming back to school was there anything oh there definitely was a sense of motivation to be back at school and start learning again but um yeah, it's definitely definitely easier when you're in a classroom and you have that teacher mm. there helping than just being online and 
having the set work to be done. Did you miss your mates at all or were you still keeping in contact with them? Oh, I was keep not really because the COVID obviously you couldn't get too close and hang mm-hmm. out with many of your mates. But um coming back to school, got to catch up with a few. It yep. was good to good to see them all. Yeah, right. And and Ethan, did you like the idea of coming back to school or you preferred to sit at home and do nothing? Uh, <laughs> oh, good. oh, that was good coming back to school after a while. Mm. And it was especially good for like the seniors because we're coming back maybe like two or like two or maybe three or four periods yep. instead of just getting straight back into it gave us more of a chance to sort of ease into it and yep. a bit more flexibility. Okay. I I, I think these these are good things to talk about and good things to record. Um what about what about you, Ethan? You know, you've um obviously do more than just come to school. Uh, what are the what are the sort of things that interest you when you're not when you're not um, you're not coming to school? What do you like to do? Um, I like to go for a fish, and when the water's warm enough, a spear or a snorkel or something. Yep. It's all pretty fun activities. Yep. Don't mind do a full driving either. Yep. Good fun stuff and camping. People love stuff like that. Yep. Okay, so where do you like to go camping? Uh, anyway, that's flat and got a river <laughs> next to it pretty much. It's flat and a river. Good spots. Yeah, very good. Okay, so Jamo, I, I know that you've got a few interests. You've, you've mentioned your, your water sports, your surfing and spear fishing and things like that, but what else uh, What else are you into? Yeah, well, I love getting out bush and um, I do a bit of feral hunting. Okay, rodeo. Yeah. So um, do you use dogs or are you using... Um, I, I, use, um, I use a rifle, so... Yeah, I'm a licensed shooter, okay. and um, I used to compete down at Kempsey Rifle Range. Oh, okay. For like five years. Rightio. Yep. And and so when you say you get out bush, what what part of the country are you talking about? I'm talking like Warrior, Inverell, more like up up the top. So um, the northwest. Yeah, the north the northwest. Yeah. Okay. Um, not too far west, because it gets pretty hot out there, <laughs> and yeah, it's a bit barren. But um, yeah, you still get a few good ferals around. So w- when you're talking ferals, you're you're talking things like pigs, foxes. Yeah, the stuff that isn't native to Australia. So okay. your stuff that's causing your farmers problems. Your, yeah, right. Your goats, your pigs. Okay. Your foxes, the stuff that's um actually making it more hard to farm. So so is there something that that like you pick out of that that you that draws you to hunting? Do you is there something about it that you that you sp- particularly like? There's definitely a reward at the end of the day when. When you see the farmer and you've had a good chat to him and you know that you've done done the property some good by mm. getting rid of those um, few things that might just be causing him a hassle, like taking mm. his lambs or his, mm. his cattle or just giving him a bit of grief and you've fixed that up for him real quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you, like, obviously, um, you know, I, I might talk to Luke in a second, but I know he's off the land and I, I used to live rural and I've, I've done some hunting myself. But do you take... Uh, anything that that you kill or yeah so um with certain certain game out there their their meat is top notch it is yeah. awesome like it's better than stuff you'll buy or worse yeah so definitely so it's not it's not just you're not just necessarily you know no no killing not, and not just not just killing it and leaving it no way you just use all of it even mm-hmm. the pelts sometimes like okay. they can look lovely on on your floor or yeah yep. but um there yep. will be some people like, and I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I need to mention this, I guess, as the host, but there'll be some people that are quite horrified by the idea that you know you've you've got a a, a fur or something like that. Um, 
do you you know like do you have something if someone comes to you and they say oh i hate this idea of hunting and you can't kill things do you can you able to reconcile that with them are you able to talk to people about that kind of thing i fully respect their point of view but um I think it's very valid that they listen to what I've I've got to say too and why yeah. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. Because cool. there's a very strong reason why I'm actually doing it. Yeah. And like... You're not, not, not necessarily doing it so much for the fun. No, no, not at all. Yeah. I'm doing it for like like food. Yeah. Food so you can... You can don't have to go to worse and buy your expensive cut of meats. You can yeah. get your finest cut of meats for nearly nothing. <laughs> Cost of a bullet. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And um, get out there, have a good time with the friends and family but also at the end of the day you're getting rid of stuff that is not wanted by the farmer yeah and does damage yeah definitely potentially kills other things and costs lots of money yeah definitely ethan have you ever done much hunting because you talk about fishing it's sort of like you almost go fishing and hunting go hand in hand yeah i've done a little bit of shooting up yeah. around armadale and like those areas around there mm. just for rabbits and foxes what about the uh the stuff that that you might have shot out there have you used any of that um, yeah, well, shoot rabbits, um, come back and skin them and put them in the <laughs> pot and cook them up with uh, a bit of rabbit stew or something. Yeah, your grandmother made a great rabbit stew. Was yeah, it? apricot uh, rabbit. Apricot rabbit. We'll have to talk to her about the, um, about the uh, recipe for that. Yeah, very good. So what do you like to catch? What are your fish that you like to catch? Um, mostly saltwater fish, mm-hmm. like out in the ocean, definitely prefer to target other than fish in the river because it's more exhilarating and fun pulling in big fish but like mackerel shark's pretty fun snapper in winter and stuff like yeah. that all fun tuna tuna i'll tie you up for a while yeah okay thanks for that um look you tell us a little bit about your journey to bring you to here so i, I mentioned that you're off the land so where, where, where yeah. do you come from so i grew up in warrialda and like speaking to Gemma in about Year seven or eight, I think it was, worked out that he actually goes hunting on a property which is about 4K down the road from my parents' place. Um, and I actually went, used to go on the school bus with um, a couple of his mates on from that property that he goes hunting with. Was that a um, surprise? Oh, sorry. Was that a yeah. surprise to you, Jamie? Yeah, it was a big surprise. So um, I wasn't expecting that at all. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that come out of nowhere. But um, what a small world, eh? I reckon. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for Jemison to bring me some of his um, venison jerky, which he keeps talking up. You know, I've even had some of that. How yeah. come you've missed well, out? He just never brings it in for me. I don't know what's wrong with him. What's the story of that, Jemo? Oh, so that's um, some of the fi- off some of the finest meat you get off the deer. And um, that's just marinated and dehydrated. And there it is. It's a perfect snack. <laughs> perfect snack. That's why you've got to bring me some. <laughs> So you share that with your mates? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a bit of a present I share around with the mates. Rightio. So where are you getting your deer from? I get that from um, out north arm. A, yep. a mate has about 100 okay. acres out there. Yeah, rightio. I don't know. Has the bushfires affected any of that area? Yeah, so the bushfires went through his property. Yeah, so yep. where are the deer now? Yeah, so they got a bit of a move on. But um, as those fires, are, as they went through and everything's starting to regenerate, mm. um, the grass is greener than what you'd what you think it is and th- they're loving it they're all over it again yeah right like, yeah so they're back they're back yeah right yep. might be some venison jerky coming That's out it. mr smith i certainly hope so <laughs> i'll come back to you now luke you you were saying that you met jamo in year seven but mm. um how 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 did you end up at maxwell high school um so went to 
like did my schooling at Warriola. Um, at the there's a little Catholic school there that I went to in primary school with only I think we had fifty kids in the whole school, um, and then went to Warriola High School. I think there was about two hundred and fifty at that point, mm. um, and then ended up going to university at Armidale. Um, studied a Bachelor of Agriculture as well as a Graduate Diploma of Education um, and ended up straight out of uni. Um, they were looking for a casual science teacher down at um, down at Yanko Agriculture High School and so I ended up um, straight from uni. Two days after I left, I was drove down there it was 11 or 12 hours and um, started work the next day. So... Spent six months down there and then put in for the job up here at Maxville and landed this year. Here job. I am. Absolutely. You've been here for a while so, now. Yeah, so this is my eighth year now, I think. Been very happy to have so you for those eight years. Yeah, it's been pretty good. All right. Look, uh, I want to thank you guys all for coming in um, and sharing a little bit about your lives, a little bit about the stories that you've got from the fires and, and from your experiences with COVID. It's been really good. And and, and I hopefully, uh, you know, it's in. in Shown a little bit more uh, depth to our students and staff that that um, people don't always get to hear about or or know about, and it's good that you ha- I'm happy that you've come in to share. So, thanks very much for coming in. It's all, it's all good. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you, Jemo. Yeah, it's been fine talking to you about <laughs> the stuff. <laughs> you've <laughs> coped, Ethan. Well done. Thanks, Pete. And I just want to say thanks to all the people who did donate stuff um, to Blaze Aid and to. Um, the school, like especially the people who provided the food, and some people donated wire and um, posts, and um, the s- the bus for um, going out and back each day was donated mm. to us. So thanks to all those people who yeah. helped out. I mean, the school provided the labour in a lot of ways, but but it's the community that uh, brought everything else together to make it happen. Yeah, so it's great to be part of this community sometimes. Okay, then, look, thanks very much, and uh, we thank our listeners. Uh, we, we hope that you continue to come along on, on our journey as we uh, speak to uh, other members of our school community and, and uh, come along next time and next week for our next podcast. <laughs>